pretty interesting, bro. When you think people, it's amazing what you see from the outside, right? You mm-hmm. you see the illusion of success, and you see people who are quote unquote doing it. Mm-hmm. But low key, they're I'm not gonna say they're not. It's not literally what you see on social media because I'm a photographer, and I can make you make anything look a certain way. Mm-hmm. But people don't like put two and two together. Like even sometimes when people who I don't know see me for the first time is. It's pretty, it's crazy how they see something that I don't see. Mm-hmm. Like Yeah, it's like, a perception, right? Yeah. That you're in your perception enters the room before you do. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh, the perception is on social media, you're flawless, you're, you have it all together, you're in the perfect relationship. And then when someone hang around you enough or in person, it's just like, shit her and this guy argue all the time like oh my gosh she really doesn't look like this in real life or he doesn't look like this in real life and so that's what i'm saying for businesses or brands it's just like perception and i've always heard this and i'm just like is it really true is perception reality that's a really big question is perception reality because if like you said you're perceived as a high profile individual with millions of followers but your reality is when you go home you really don't have a bed to sleep on you're really just grinding. Think about all the people that made it, right? Uh, not made it, but TikTok and viral when five years ago when everyone was going viral. Mm-hmm. Think about where some of those people are now. They yep. have the followers. They have the clout, but they, they weren't able to it. leverage. Yeah, they weren't able to leverage that. Exactly. So how do you, and this is why, like I said to you, this is why I like to have these conversations, a conversation with Muse is because we see people that are successful in their fields, but how did they get there? What strategies and tactics are they using to get there? Because everyone know, don't like everyone does not know how to grow your social media is fucking hard. Like we see brands buying followers just to look like, oh, I have 50,000 followers, exactly. no engagement, zero engagement. They post a post, they get they have 30K followers and they get 10 likes. Mm-hmm. Houseway. <laughs> how? It makes no sense. And, and it's crazy. Obviously, at one point, we're going to have to like, really do a show. But um, it's amazing as a photographer. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this for 10 plus years. And when when I tell you perception, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll shoot um, my... I, I'll shoot... I try my best to shoot... If I'm doing collaboration or anything like that, I try to shoot a, a person who has some sort of a name. That's the... Uh, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. as crazy as that might sound. But you know what I mean? Like, I will there's something I want to get out of this and you want something out of this as well. You mm-hmm. like my work. We're mutually deciding to do something together. But it's funny how when they pull up, you really see who they are. Like, yeah. like I, I, I get into the, I hear the conversations um, when the makeup artist is doing their makeup mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then that's when they just telling everything and it's not what it's mm-hmm. um girl uh, with a big following, flat, flashing Louis Vuitton, this and pulled up in a, a Yoda. Look like she was living in it, bro. It's yeah. not it. It's yeah. not. I promise. But to get the book in, to get the yeah. all that stuff, you have a perception that you have to keep up with. And yeah. so which is why, and this is like left field, but this is why you have a lot of people that go into depression. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of people that are unhappy or they go on social media and they see, oh, the celebrities, they're buying Dior, they're buying this, they're buying that. And they feel like, oh, I need to get that. So I have to present myself as a bad B or whatever it is to get to that status. And in real life, none of that applies. In real life, they can't even buy lunch. Like they are going out to eat with men because they are hungry, not because they want to, because they are hungry. That's a cover. That's a whole conversation 
conversation right there. So that's what I'm saying. So it's like it's perception reality for some in some cases, maybe in some cases not. But that's why it's so important to like know who you are. Right. We talk about some of our guests that come on and they be like, oh, have confidence in yourself or um, believe in yourself. A lot of people don't have that naturally. They do not have that naturally. So they want that social media. They want that person on the other side of the phone to hit that like button. Exactly. The other day, you know what I was thinking? What? I was like, I wouldn't mind if Instagram take away my likes. Like, I wouldn't mind that. Because for, and again, maybe it's different for me, for someone that has a brand, right? Mm-hmm. That's their like is how they show their engagement, how they get brands to say, hey, I want to invest in you because you get this amount of engagement. Sure. Exactly. But personally, as a human being, I don't care about that shit. Like, I post and go, if you like it, great. If you don't like it, mm-hmm. okay. Like, at the end of the day, who is more important to me is me. And, oh, do I look bombish it or feel bombish it? Yes. And if 29 people say that, yeah, that's great. If 2,000 people say that, it's just like, oh, that's amazing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But I don't mind that. But a lot of people is losing their mind when Instagram was tested not. But in, in it's, um, it's very interesting. It's very interesting interesting that perception because it's it's um it's looking from a viewpoint of an individual primarily who okay my image on instagram because your your page is private right no no it's public no it's public. okay so um but at at some point i think it was was private private or whatever like that so it's it's perception because okay for you it's okay i'm just doing it for fun or whatever like that it's it's very interesting someone else who's looking from the different perspective saying, okay, this is how I'm going to make money. This is how I'm going to sell myself. It's going to be very different. So let me ask you, I'd use the example of um, fake it to to make it, if you Mm -hmm. want to call it. Mm -hmm. Do you think that is positive or negative form of marketing when you say, okay, let me invest in this Louis Vuitton bag because do you think that's a good investment? So it's funny. um, As far as if you're getting the bag just to show off on people, then no, it's not a good investment, right? If you're getting the bag because you know that if you walk into a room where millionaires and billionaires are and your perception enters the room before you do, mm-hmm. then yes. My cousin and I always have this conversation. It's because, you know, we come from a family that uh, kind of, we have business acronyms in our family. So it's like lineage of business owners and stuff. So we get that. Um, and things to us is just like things, but we had this conversation, like, you know, he said to me, he was like, cause I want to switch my car because I noticed when I pull up to meetings just in my regular car, it's a different perception. I'm received differently than if I would have pulled up in the BMW or in the Mercedes, which to us, that's nothing because back in the days, like we used to ride around a um, Mercedes. So to us, it's just like, whatever. Right. But He's huge in his industry. And when I tell you huge in his industry, but he's simple. He lives a simple life. But when he pulls up to meetings, the people are looking at him like, I think about this, is who we're re- this is who we're meeting with. Yeah. So it's just like, is it an investment? If it's truly an investment, yes. To stunt on some girl or some guy to, to act like you have a BMW and you can't even really make the payments monthly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's an investment, but if it if it gets you to the next level, then absolutely, absolutely. I even think about it like this: when you when you go to a business lunch and valet pull up the cars, and you got somebody in this, it's, that, yeah, and it's just you like you're in a hoopty, and it's just like, mm. <laughs> and again, this is why um, 
it, your perception enters the room before you do fake it till you make it to a certain degree can be good branding and marketing because you fake that confidence because then say, for example, I walk in a room and I'm losing it. I have anxiety and I'm shitting my pants, but I, you can't see that because I'm acting as though I'm yeah. like in the room and my chin is up high, but I'm going to the bathroom throwing up. You mm-hmm. don't need to know that. And maybe you liked me because damn, this girl she's on it. She looked me in the eye. She shook my hand firm and not knowing that after I did all of that, I had to go to the bathroom and vomit because I was low key losing it. So faking it till you make it does have a place. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we all just have to draw the line somewhere. And I don't think everybody knows where to draw that line. Yeah. I mean, eventually, eventually catches up. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. think it's going to always catch up. So even going back to that, (laughs) maybe it's a personal thing because my girlfriend, uh, she likes nice things, Mm -hmm. right? And she justifies wanting these things or needing it for branding. Obviously, mm-hmm. she's um, that's part of the way she makes her money. Yeah, um, and she's doing very well, very well. But she like randomly, I'll, I'll I'll pull up and see a Gucci purse, and I'm like, when'd you get that? And then uh, she's like, no, this is this is uh, I want to wear it for this particular outfit or this right there, and I need it for content. And um, and she says it raises the value of the photo. Absolutely, having that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So is so I, I w- obviously we're not like financial gurus or anything like that. Um, I wanted to damn could we our last last guest was Geo. Mm-hmm. It's been a great thing to ask Geo mm-hmm. somebody financial. At what point do you identify uh, an investment that's actually a good in, or bad investment? Meaning, okay, I'm looking at how much this investment costs. Okay. Um, is it a good investment? It, which hmm, I think it probably depends. I think on. I think what you're trying to get at, if correct me if I'm wrong, though, is should I buy this full Louis Vuitton drip to to then say it's going to do something if I post on social media? If you are an influencer and it raises your engagement, if you are on, like you're on YouTube and it monetizes your YouTube and you get followers and people are watching the trip to the store, mm-hmm. for example. So say we do a blog. I go to. I go to Louis and I buy a full drip. I buy the bathing suit, the top, the bottom, the dress, the suit, everything, right? Wow. Spend $10,000, right? Now, if I do a blog on that and then it's on my YouTube and I'm monetizing, yeah, it was a great investment because I'm making residual income off of that. Now, if I'm just doing it to showcase and then at the end of the day, I'm still going to be negative 10K, mm-hmm. then what is all of that for? Exactly. You see what I'm saying? So if, she, if you're saying that someone who is a content creator or someone that's an influencer is buying pieces of course because now someone like myself i don't consider myself anywhere close to a fashionista anywhere close to that i do like to wear nice things i do have an eye for fashion i i can look at something and be like oh that's resort 2021 like i know what's Mm -hmm. out and what's in so if i go on a bloggers page and i see like some new shoes or something like oh this is a new collection all right cool she's up to trend like you know like and i'm then now i start sending it to my friends i'm like oh look this is the bag i was telling you about this and then that increases their engagement so yeah it is some kind of an um, investment yeah. in that sense but if you're not making anything out of it then absolutely no yeah absolutely yeah. not that, that's note for for y'all listening <laughs> like convince because a lot of people convince themselves that they're they're okay this is an investment where sometimes you're mixing that with just personal desire yeah. i just want it you're not looking at how it's going to convert you know what i mean or you don't have the clients right now that's going to 
that's, that's you won't get the actual payback to back it yeah you know what I mean so you know it's so interesting so Lawrence um, our friend Lawrence he um, he does photography branding and all of that stuff and one of the things that he decided to do was he wants to eventually shoot high campaigns for like Louis Vuitton Gucci and all that stuff so what he did he said to himself hey I'm going to sit down I'm going to teach myself how to shoot high like high fashion photography because it's completely different than shooting like models or so he decided product placement he's gonna master product placement when it comes to design how would Louis Vuitton shoot a campaign how would Chanel shoot a campaign how would I don't know Moet shoot a campaign and he sat there and decided hey this is what I'm gonna do so um, if he has to go out and rent a couple luxury pieces to shoot, that's what you have to do. Or if you have to say, oh, I'm going to buy my girlfriend a YSL bag because I know that for me, for my brand, it's an investment because I'm shooting it. I'm taking videos. I'm doing unboxing videos. And, you know, it's the process. You have to have a plan in place. If you exactly. don't have a plan in place, then that's it's like, what are you doing plan. this for? Yeah. So I think that is completely different than just being like, oh, let me go buy it. Completely different. That that's a full plan. That 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 makes that makes sense. You know what I mean? But that's even so. Remember when you took pictures of uh, this was a while back though of a pair of Yeezys that I bought, mm-hmm. right? I sold them on eBay, made like two fifty on it. But that's something that I just do naturally, right? So people always see me post sneakers and whatever, and I buy a lot of shoes, but I flip them. Like, so people be like, damn, you buying another pair of shoes? It was like, yeah. <laughs> but they are not aware of what's happening in the background because yeah. I'm not posting it on social media. Again, perception to me sometimes is not reality. So I may bought four pair of shoes this month, but I also flipped all four pairs because I know that these shoes are high in like value. Mm-hmm. Or I know that if I reach out to my rep at um, Saks and she's able to get me brand new shoes that is not coming out for or they sell out fast and people want them. I can flip that. Mm-hmm. But so to me, that's an investment to buy a pair of shoes or to buy X, Y, Z. That's a whole business plan. But though. then you, you, you had intent there. You know what I mean? So that's also really good. Yeah. But then it's kind of planning. And that's what it is, right? It's planning and understanding. It's a strategy. Everything in life comes with a strategy, which is why chess is so important, right? If anybody knows anything about chess, it's a strategy. So mm-hmm. in life, if you don't have a strategy for what you're doing, it's easy to get lost in the sauce. Yeah. It's easy to get drowned out by people or, oh, she looked like she got it all together and then she don't got shit together. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, obviously in, in chess, you, you sacrifice, you have to what, learn how to sacrifice the pawns or... Yeah, so your pawns goes, um, you have to do whatever it is to defend the queen. Exactly. Yeah. So, it, so sometimes it can, if you look at motifs, um, it, that can be the YSL bag. That can be all these things mm-hmm. that you're sacrificing financially for the ultimate goal, which is to to do something like far out. You know what I mean? So I'm always, I, I think investing is a is a big thing. That's, that's why, I like, for example, I'll, I don't mind, you, like a, a, a videographer wouldn't mind spending 10 stacks on a camera 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 because that's the investment Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think my house first of all i need to get renter's insurance but my my house no probably uh, it's a lot of money in there and it's like but the ultimate goal is for it to come back full Mm -hmm. circle Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's interesting what people consider investments 
What's a good investment? Yeah. Is, is there such thing as a good investment in your in your mind? As a good investment, good absolutely. There's yeah. bad investments, and we're not talking about real estate and all that stuff mm-hmm. because that's a whole different category, right? But when it comes to luxury items, absolutely. When it comes to maybe an investment for my company is a new laptop. Yeah. And for somebody else, it's not. It, it, they just they just go on like YouTube all the time and. You know, they're just watching YouTube, not. But for me, because I'm running a business, it, a laptop is a good investment. Maybe a good investment to me is going to the Apple store and buying a couple products and doing a giveaway on my, for my brand. That's good investment. Because it's going to come back to me because I'm doing something. There's a plan. There's always a plan. There's two steps ahead. It's a strategy. But now if I'm just going to Apple and I'm like, oh, let me get a watch. Let me get a disc all for myself. That's what am I investing in myself? How, how is that going to then turn itself over and make me money in the future. And I don't think it does. So there, I think there is such a good thing as good investment and bad investment. Yeah. And you use the example of the, um, going to a a store, just buying it. Do you ever think that, um, I don't know how to ask this question. Do you think, hmm, because we're not responsible for other people, mm-hmm. right? And Absolutely. if someone sees you flipping Yeezys and they want to be like you, mm-hmm. and they they go buying all the things that they see you see you buying, is is a, is a question of like, okay, are we influencing them? Because we're influencers. That's what an influencer Ooh, is. Are we influencing them to 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 look and be something that they're not? Because that's what we sold to them. Okay, so that's great. That's great. However, I think. Um, damn, that's good, Ray. That's really good. <laughs> um, but I think it's based off of what your interests are. So you wouldn't have came to someone's page. Like, my page is nothing, right? But you wouldn't have came to my page if something about my page didn't attract you. Mm-hmm. And I say this to clients all the time, right? Your page has to be, you, it has to do something. It has to either inspire, inform, or something there has to be an emotion connected to it for the customer coming to the page so does your instagram feed inspire people does it inform people so maybe your page is a page they go to when they want to know about new trends or new stocks or or does it inspire them to be like oh my gosh look at his outfit i like that look at this i like what does your page do so if you found my page because you're inspired by what i do then something there clicked with you. I didn't convince you. I didn't put an ad out to say, hey, come know how to flip Yeezys. I didn't do that. You came here and you saw that this is what I do and you wanted to do that. So then, but I don't, I'm not the flip Yeezy girl. So (laughs) I just, you know, but if, if that's what kind of attracted you to my page, then I didn't influence you to do any of that. Now, if I say, if I post a pair of new Yeezys and was like, yo, these are the hottest Yeezys, you need these, then I'm influencing you to get something. So that's different. But I think we follow people, like I follow who? Random person, Angela Simmons, because back in the days, like I just loved her, how she worked, um, like she was working out heavy. And I was like, yo, I love this. Then she went vegan. I was like, I love that because at some point I wanted to be vegan and I tried veganism and she, like what she did was like, okay, cool. Um, so when I see her post stuff and maybe she posted a meal plan and I'll check out the meal plan. So that's a level of influencer, but she didn't draw me there. I went because there was something about her that I like. Mm -hmm. So I think it, I can't influence you to do something that you weren't 
somewhat low key in the back of your mind already thinking about, mm-hmm. then that's that's a whole different story. Then it's just like me forcing you to the water and then forcing you to drink. That's not so, the case. So think about this. Think about because in essence, we're all influencers to some degree. Mm-hmm. Like the term influencers is the ability to influence. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, I know you, Monique. Um, you do marketing. You do mm-hmm. all these things. If I don't know you as a shoe person, so again, no one knows you're flipping it. But mm-hmm. honestly, so like for example, um, a lot of people uh, emulate or they admire guys like like the the Jay Zs, the mm-hmm. the Diddies. So I'm looking at their page, not necessarily particularly going to them for anything. I want to see what rich people like. Like this is I see your image, mm-hmm. right? And you're successful. You're a black man. Um, what do I like about you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And eventually, you start to mimic in certain things that they're doing. They're doing brunches. They're doing the the big brunches and stuff like that. Damn, I can do something like that. Yeah. Be, you forget what you're doing a brunch for. Let's yeah. But at the same time, like you can be influenced by the lifestyles of people that that um, you admire. You mm-hmm. you may have mm-hmm. never kind of um, gone to their page for something specific, but damn, okay. Rich people, this is what they do. Um, I never thought about that, but you know, I want to look like that, so let me mm-hmm. do something in my hood. So now we're doing brunches, brunches, and you know what I mean? the events and all that. But I think that's still a positive thing. You know what I mean? I do think that it's important. I'm gonna say for Black people, African American people, to to aspire to want different things and to try different things. And to I I, I forgot a term. Someone said let's let's normalize luxury. Yeah, black luxury. Like it's it's okay for a Teflor to be the new Louis Vuitton. It's okay yeah. for and so this is the thing. Society. This yeah. is a different conversation. Society teaches us certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when we see a black girl in luxury, we think that she's trying to be yeah. X Y Z, and it's just like. Uh-huh. No, like I can like luxury too. I can stand in that. Like I like fashion. So why is why is this piece better for that race than it is for me? So I, I think that we have to normalize when we see people in luxury to not be like, oh, they trying to show out or oh, she trying to stunt. Oh, she trying to do this. And it's like, it's okay for us all to have it. I don't know this. And I think this is kind of, it came from slavery where we were taught generationally that this is not good enough for you. So we kind of trickle it down to others and to others and to others. And it's just like, I always go to the, the analogy and I tell Adrian this all the time. It's just like, we spank our kids. Why? Because as slaves, we were beat. Mm-hmm. That's all we know of discipline. So then that generation after generation, we keep passing it down. And it's just like, you spank your kids because they were doing something you don't like, as opposed to like sitting them down and be like, hey, this is why that's wrong, Johnny. So it's kind of the same thing. We were taught that this is not, you're not good enough for this. So the moment we see someone in luxury of some sort, we're like, you're not good enough for this. Mm-hmm. And which is why the crab in a barrel mentality comes down to our, um, like our society. It's just like, oh, we, the moment I see you climbing, it's just like, oh, I don't want you to get further than me. But it's like, but why? We can all it win. We can yeah. all win. But we were taught that. So it's taught behavior that just trickles down and we just don't know how to break that cycle. Or and, some and, of us don't try. So in, in this, in this, it's so many angles to this because, for example, there, okay, you, we say let's normalize luxury. I think it's also cool that we're normalizing um, certain things with them, um, African Americans also understanding um, uh, finances, um, investing more. Because at the same time, you're right. Okay, we're normalizing things like Gucci and stuff like that. 
but you will we'll be the same one to also say okay well you spend you need money. to save your money and yeah. buy a house and da, da, da. let me ask you this question mm-hmm. where did you first learn about money money so um money 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 in college bro college like like i was well off i, I didn't learn that kind of stuff in high school i mean and, and i'm from a small town i'm from a very small town where it was hard to get out of um in the, in the glades area so um i come from a town where or a city where people don't plan to leave mm. you know what i mean like mm. like i was in the 10th 11th i was fortunate to have parents who who instilled that you're going to college but my graduating class, senior year, I, I know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, where you going? And and, and <laughs> they don't have an answer because it's not like it's not an automatic thing that I'm going to college. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it is very different. But my perception is very, very different depending on your environment. Um, but think about this. The, the example that I was trying to use is that, okay, look at in the music videos. Um, if we say normalizing certain, certain things. You you it'll be the people with the the Gucci in 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 all of the the big brands. Um, that's why I think it's also important to um, normalize financial literacy in all these kind of things and investing. Because as much as you want to buy this the all this luxury, you got to make sure you're able to like afford, afford it. it. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Because so, people who are living paycheck to paycheck are also going out and buying luxury, and it's just like yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I um I listen to Dave, I listen to Dave Ramsey's a lot and, and a lot of other financial people because I'm obviously getting in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, they they say if 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 you're about to go buy something and it will take a bulk of your of your bank account to buy it, then then you can't afford it. I'm a big believer in if you can't buy twice, you can't afford it. Like if I go to the store and I'm trying to buy like, I don't know, like a ring. If I can't buy that ring two, twice. You can't afford it. No. No. Agree. <laughs> that is, so it, it's so many angles. Because somebody might say, okay, well, because um, I um, had a... Because obviously, before I got into what I'm doing right now, I used to shoot a lot of nightclubs at, mm. um, and um, at like Mokai and all of the XDRs. And it's funny how they saw investments of buying champagne, spending money at the club to mm-hmm. create that perception of money. And they're saying, no, this is this is this is my investment money. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? So it's so important that you say that. Oh, my gosh. Because in the nightclub space. That's an investment. So what they would do, you know, they invite an artist, they mm-hmm. pay an artist to come in to yeah. get the doors, to people at the doors to purchase. Mm-hmm. And then while they're there, they give free liquor to the artist because what the perception then is. So if the if they're buying bottles and popping bottles, you see Chris Brown over there popping bottles. You know what the scammer is going to do? You know what Pop everybody bottles. else? Exactly. They're going to be buying all the bottles. So yes. bring five bottles to my table. The boy that is hanging out with his homeboy for his birthday, he's like, like, oh, bitches is on Chris Brown's table and they popping bottles. Oh, no. Give us X, Y, Z rounds. Not knowing that Chris Brown is not paying for any of those bottles. So for marketing for the club, it's OK. Now we the perception is everybody every 10 minutes bottles are coming out. So they want to get bottles. And it's just that cycle. So it's I think it goes back to your original question of perception being reality. And when is the investment there? So if I'm invested and know that. Chris Brown's coming in to give him 10 bottle is uh, Ace of Spades is going to cost me $20,000. Mm-hmm. Fuck it, because I'm going to make 100000 and everybody else buying Ace of Spades for the mm. rest of the night. So right, that right. that turns out to be a good investment. That perception being rela- reality turns out to be a great investment, actually. Yeah, I, I think it's one thing that's crazy and which is amazing is that this new generation, how we're breaking all the rules. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Because obviously technology is changing. The way we do everything is changing. You know what I mean? Like people who are comfortable are uncomfortable now because, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, the people with the money or who or the investing dollars are coming from the youth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the like the people spending money like like come on, like you got uh you guys said it in the show. You got lawyers making less than gamers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This little boy in the yo in the, and YouTubers. You know the little kids on YouTube. They <laughs> make money because it's funny. It's funny you said that. So like, so high school basketball, mm-hmm. and you have because the people who are gonna spend the most time on YouTube are young people, mm-hmm. and they want to see who's the best basketball player. These um I've got the name of some of the channels, but I I, I saw. People who kind of follow basketball, they create their own, it's hoop something, hoop something. But every video gets like five, six million views. Every video within the same day. Really? Because they, they love this stuff. Yeah. I, and they're I, watching tournaments. They're watching, they want to see who's next and who's coming up next, like AU basketball and all that stuff. They're trying to see the competition. So it's not just NBA. So that's a great point. It's just like. How and then I always just try to bring it back to businesses, right? Where are your customers? Mm-hmm. How do you communicate with your customers? Mm-hmm. What platform is your customers using? Because if you, like you said, if you have some new basketball, I don't know, apparel, who do you want to target? It's not the really the parents, it's the kids. Yeah. Where are these kids on YouTube? They're on Instagram. They're looking at these videos. And so that is, that is super, super interesting. And I don't think a lot of people realize um, that, kids not kids but millennials and everything after that realize their power and they're using it like they're breaking all the barriers they're saying okay we don't want to be stuck in this box it's good and it's bad because some of it is just like cancel culture is beyond me but some of it is good and bad but i feel like they're utilizing it to your point they're utilizing it to their advantage where it's just like damn you know what i can control my own destiny I can they, control my own destiny. Yeah, it's crazy. They, 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 um, I think Mark Cuban said this. Mm-hmm. That in this day and age, is the easiest time ever to be a millionaire. To make money. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I feel like if you are not close to a million by 2023, 2024, then, or you've already hit a million, it's it's, it's you. It's not, it's not nobody. It's you. You're yes. not working hard enough. Yes. You're not doing something. Like, it is... Crypto. Yeah. Look how many people got bags off of crypto recently. Hey, Stocks. Shout out, shout out. You know, I don't know crypto game. <laughs> Stocks. Investment. Like, in the housing market, flipping houses. Like, it's so many things. It's like this. Gio, on episode seven of our um, conversation with Muse, Gio spoke about it. You can buy a car and rent a car. Like, it's so many ways to leverage the money that you have and gone are the days where traditional banking is the way to bank, right? So, yes, you have a bank account or whatever, but who is leaving money in their savings account and not investing it? Yeah. Who? Money's sitting there doing nothing. You can have have $10,000 in a saving account and the interest on that is going to be 20 cents for the month. Where as opposed to if you find something smart, this is why you have to do research, research, research. Like, I don't care. People think that, oh, they could just jump into something because, oh, I was led. And it's just like, bitch, but did you do your research? (laughs) Like, because without research, you get lost in the sauce. You could blow $10,000 easy without research. With research, you can make $5,000 stretch a long way. So I think 
I think like to your point, if if you're not making money, it's you have to internally and I don't want to like make anyone feel less than or down, yeah. but you have to sit with yourself and make a plan to be like, what am I doing wrong? How can I change this? What should I do next? Like have a plan in place to say, okay, if I'm good at, I don't know, shining shoes, where do I need to go in the fucking mall? Bro. Everybody's walking. Like, okay, so if I'm at the mall, what should I be doing? Like how much money do I need? And make a plan. I want to make $1,000 a week. How many shoes do I need to shine every day? How many shoes do I need to shine every hour? How do I do that? And it's make a plan so you can get to that next level. Or listen, it's bro. This is the age of thinking differently. For example, once upon a time, um, barbers could only ch- charge like 15, 10, 15 for a, a haircut. Mm-hmm. And now they're changing the game. This is a, this is a, cause somebody would hear that sh- shoe shining idea and, some and I had to check myself because immediately you're shoe shining, you can almost get offended. Like I'm not shining nobody's shoe, but it's like if you go about this the right way, let's say you from here, you, you can cr- brand it as a luxury shoe shining company. Same thing with the barbershop. Mm-hmm. Now at barbershops, they they put the towels on your face. Mm-hmm. They, they they greet you with wine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They change the whole entire ambience. And now, bro, barbers are making. Mm-hmm. And it's an experience. You, you have yes. to. We have to understand that the customers. If we put ourselves in the customer shoe, the customer wants to feel like where they're spending their money, they're valued. Value. No matter Value. what, the customer wants to feel valued. So if I'm, if you come to me in the mall and you, you see me in some shoes and you be like, "Hi, Miss Les, uh, Hi, Miss. Um, let me offer you a shoe signing service." No, I'm not interested. Well, if you will, I'll allow me to do this, this is what I'm able to do for you. And then you pamper the shit out of me sitting there. You have a little back massage and chair and whatever, and you're shining my shoe for five minutes. I'm just like. Oh, so he got he got his stuff together, exactly. you know? Same when, like you're saying, you go to the barbershop, they greet you with the champagne, or it's, okay, they upcharge you by saying, okay, today, I know that you're getting a shape up and it's hate, but if you want it, we can do a manscape for your face. Mm-hmm. It's just like an additional 10... Oh, I feel like a Bro, they, feel they, they royalty in here. And, and, I'm, and it's crazy. I'm pretty sure you can do it. You, you can uh, also attest to this. But they, it works because it works on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it mm-hmm. works on me. Like, for example, I work hard for my money. You know what I mean? I work mm-hmm. extremely hard. So um, something as simple as a restaurant. So we're Caribbean. Mm-hmm. We're, we're Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I'm Haitian. I love my Haitian people, but we some rude people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's crazy how people don't understand perception is everything or, or like people value their money and people think that, okay, because I have um, good food, I have a good product, it's going to make people come to me and it's not going to happen. So you go to a Chick-fil-A where, okay, they they super nice. Oh, you speaking my language. Super oh my nice. gosh. Bro, like they will deliver your baby for you, bro. Mm-hmm, like they, mm-hmm. they will do whatever they, you know what I mean? And not, their lines are long. They they they're able to create a, a a a franchise, you know what I mean? And they have they label that same quality per store. You're going to get the same thing every mm-hmm, single time you go. Mm-hmm. It's the consistency. But we stuck as a one store. You're one. You're not expanding because you're not you're seeing the recipe. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, your, your vision mm-hmm. isn't big enough to say, okay, okay, I have a good product. Okay, how do I market it right? And not only I do that, I provide the best customer service and experience 
so that I can leverage this and create an empire. And this bigger. goes to a, a really key point is word of mouth advertising. Yes. So word I remember when mouth. I was working for the cruise lines years ago, one of the lines in the script was, and we want you to tell your friends and family because advertise, word of mouth advertising is the best form of advertising. And that always stuck with me. And it's true. Yes. The thing is, if I like something, I'm going to come and tell you about it. Yeah. And I always say to people, we share, which is why on social media, you see us sharing. We, or we share a relationship. We share the food that we're eating because if I love it, I want to tell everybody about it. I want everybody to enjoy it because that's what we do when we love something. Yeah. So that's what word of mouth advertising does. And for brands. So if I go to Chick-fil-A and the customer service is amazing, I'm telling everybody, oh my gosh, you have to go to Chick-fil-A. Oh, you have to try the number one. It's so good. And their customer service. Oh my gosh, look, Chick-fil-A does this. So now the story is, and everybody knows the story of Chick-fil-A has great customer service or mm -hmm. on the contrary, that can kill a business. Because if you say, oh, my gosh, I went to McDonald's and it was so shitty, like their their um, ice cream machine is always broken. Meanwhile, you have an amazing McDonald's in your location that you won't even try because of you. Because the perception is the ice cream machine is always broken. Even though the ice cream is good, you're not going because the ice cream machine is always broken. So it's a perception. And it, it translates everywhere. If you have a good service, you have to provide good. So like if you have a good product or service. So mm -hmm. if you're the barber or if you have a luxury clothing brand or you have a, a graphic T-shirt website, you have to treat the customers mm -hmm. with respect. So like you said, you work hard for your money. You want to know that wherever you're spending your money it's valued. Like you don't want to go to the restaurant and they just come throw the food down on the table and walk away. You it want happens, that service. Bro. You want to feel like, damn, they want me here. You ever been somewhere, right? And it's just like, <laughs> am I spending like, am I spending my money or like, am I obligated to be here? <laughs> like that's the worst experience ever. The worst. Who wants to? And it, it always happens. I love my people. It's always the Caribbean. Ugh. Restaurants, like you'll walk in and no one will greet you. They'll look at you mm -hmm, like, why mm -hmm, you here? Mm -hmm. What do you want? Like, like, you know and they mean? got an attitude, the girls at the front. But you know who does it? So you know what restaurant does that really well for a Caribbean restaurant? Dutch okay. Pot. Okay. Dutch Pot does that really well where their customers, I think they kind of took all the best pieces of some of the biggest like fast food chains mm -hmm. and kind of incorporate it into what they do. They do customer service, right? You pull up, they ask you for your name so they can address you by your name. That's Hi, cool. can I have your name? It's Monique. Hi, Monique. What can I have? Oh, okay, Monique, is that it? So they try to tailor that experience. Like when you walk in, the attitude is not there. Like they try to cater to you and they take like one of the things that I realized, kind of like how you were saying branching out to get to other places. They've done that really well, right? Where they have different locations and they're branding in different locations. That. And I think what they're, I, I'm not sure about this, but from my marketing mind and I see how it is being um, marketing and process, they're open in locations that have drive-through because of the accessibility and the convenience. Because yeah. think about McDonald's. 90% of McDonald's have a drive-through. Yeah. If it's not like in an airport or most McDonald's have a drive-through. Yeah. So if you want that convenience and you want people to come to your store, America is fast, lazy, and easygoing. So if you have a drive-through, and I think Dutch Pot does that really, really well, where they kind of, okay, our location has a drive-through, it has great customer service, everything you want to come back. So you look at it as a Caribbean restaurant, but you it's one of those like, up here Caribbean restaurants, because you're like, okay, they know how to do it right. But So think about this. So 
literally what you said it's a mentality so dutch pot has they have multiple locations they have mm-hmm. a lot of locations mm-hmm. i think they're so, probably up to like eight locations now I've, I've i've heard of dutch pot a lot so i think that's a, that is a mentality because the ones who are expanding and doing more they're identifying and understanding that i gotta switch this shit up mm-hmm. you know absolutely the ones and and and, and I'm, again i'm looking at the consistency right now the ones who don't care and and just let their employees do whatever they want. They usually have they they they're usually the ones with single locations because they're how do they, you they've grow? Reached that, they've reached that ceiling, and mm-hmm. it's like and I ain't even gonna lie. Certain spots, some people they know they make good food and they just okay. rely on that. Yeah, yeah. They make and they they have a lot. They have a long line. They mm-hmm. get good business, and sometimes they've been there long enough, and they know they're known in the community enough that. They don't got to do much work. Mm-hmm. But if you want to expand, think bigger. Because us younger generation, we're thinking bigger. Mm-hmm. I agree. When you get to that point where you don't do more, you're going to start seeing that you're going to be halted. Like, If you want to be a, a mom-pop shop for the next couple of years, <laughs> the next couple of decades. But you know what it is, Ray? Not to cut you. A lot of people, when they start that business, they're not thinking. Long term. They're not thinking long term. Mm-hmm. All they're thinking is, I want to start this business. I want to take care of my family. I mm-hmm. want to provide what my parents never provided. And they are doing that and they did that. And that is, that's it for them. They have no interest in going beyond that. So if they don't have that long-term goal and that plan to say, oh, I eventually want to open 10 stores, they'll, they're not thinking about that. They're like, oh, we're making profit every year. We live good. We have our nice house and our family is taken care of. Yeah. They're not seeing outside of that. So they don't think to say, okay, how do we grow this? Because to them, it's just like, like you said, the line is out the door. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, people know us. They're we make a profit. Location. They're in a good mm-hmm. location that they've established a long time ago. Because a lot of time to get a good spot you got to have been there for a long time. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. It, it's it's complacency. And I think our new generation, we can't do the complacency thing. Because if you really think about it, in order to expand at some point, you're going to have to streamline something. Mm-hmm. You have to streamline certain things, whether it be the quality or the way we do certain things. Because I'm going to have to copy and paste this around. Yeah. And when you decide that, okay, I want to copy and paste this, you're going to have you're going to get to a point eventually where you're going to have to buckle down on certain things and identify, okay, we do things like this. Mm-hmm. Because if you if if you you're going to risk having one good store amongst multiple bad stores. Cuz then imagine in Dutch I'm um, not Dutch pot, but I'm um, Golden Crust does that really well mm-hmm. is to have a formula in place because if the food tastes one way here, exactly. you can't taste a different way exactly. there. You can't have a different chef making a macaroni and cheese here and they put um white cheese and parmesan and over here they're only using cheddar. Like your branding has to stay your branding. Exactly. Um it's interesting because you said something and I remember that on the episode when Marvin Abbey was talking about like to dominate, you have to kind of, mm-hmm. you have to understand what's going on in the industry exactly. and knowing how to kind of maneuver your brand. So when he talks about doing events and he was like, oh, he goes to other events to see what they're doing. So he takes the best pieces. Care. You have to be able to, you're, and if you can't do it because everyone doesn't think like that, yeah. you have to have someone on your team that thinks like that. So if you are the creative and you are, your eye is good with photography or your eyes go with videography and you, that's, that's your world. And you don't know how to say post content, not you, but you, you, if, if somebody, then you have to get someone on your team. That's a content creator that says, Hey, no, you need to shoot this type of content because this is what the feed needs to be. And this is what X, Y, Z needs to be. But everybody doesn't see that. They think that business is easy where it's just, 
I was having last night, Adrian and I went to dinner and she was telling me about um, a meeting that she had mm-hmm. and they, they, these people want a website, but they have nothing ready. It's like, oh, we want to get a website. We need a call with you ASAP. She jumps on the call and she's asking them all these questions. And it's just like, they have no branding. They have no products. They don't know, like they have an idea of the products they're trying to sell. They don't know what they're like. They don't have a physical product. They don't, they were like, oh, maybe like 12 products. She's like, what is it going to be? Like she, they're listing things that they think. So it's just like, how did you get to wanting to build a website? Exactly. And you didn't even have the preliminaries. You don't know, you don't have your branding. You don't have products. You yeah. don't have product images. You don't have product descriptions. You have nothing. So how did we get here? She got nothing to put on the, on the side. How do you, what What website are you going to create, Ray? Please, please tell me because I'm confused. What website are you going to create with nothing? So, which is why it's so important for anybody, whether it's business or like an individual, is to have a plan. Like I keep saying that and it's redundant, but it's have a plan. And when I talk about strategy, I'm not just talking about a marketing strategy. I'm talking about strategizing like, okay, if we're going on a trip, let's put a plan in place. What are we doing? Who are we linking with? What, like, maybe you don't need to plan your outfits out day by day, but we need to have a plan in place as to this is the destination we're going. Okay, do we have our passports? Do we need our IDs? Do we have XYZ for the plane? Do we have whites to wipe down the seat? Like, we need all those things. And that's in business. If I'm going to launch a brand, do I have my branding in place? Do I have my website? Do I have a bank and set up with an EIN number? Like all these things and people are not thinking about that. Yeah. And it's just like, maybe they just don't know where to go. Yeah. And that's kind of the reason why I'm like, yeah, hey, I want our podcast to be something where it's like, you can go for information if you don't know, or maybe you do know, but you need another way to think about it. Yeah. And, and I think that's the amazing thing with having different guests. Um, perspective, it provides a lot of perspective coming com from different industries. For example, we talk about the planning thing, right? Mm-hmm. And delegation. So so first thing is planning. Um, literally, if you go on set, and, and this is from experience, me shooting a lot and mm-hmm. doing shooting campaigns, shooting commercials, shooting all these things. Um, you, I'll go on and shoot. Obviously, depending on how often, how many, how much I I shoot certain in specific. Like for example, if I do swimsuit photo shoots, those are going to come naturally. I've done it for multiple years. But when you're talking about video, we have multiple cuts and you have multiple things going on. If you don't plan, you're going to end up wasting time. And exactly. I love. That and who example. wants to waste time? Time is money, bro. At, at our age, what we're trying to do, time is money. Literally. Like. <laughs> no, like, literally. No, like. It's crazy how how uh, people say all the time. Um, don't ever hit me up and say you'll hit me up when you're free, cause I'm never free. Like I have to make time. I literally have to go on my schedule, and they be like, "Oh, you big time now." No, like I got shit to do. Like, exactly. No. You know exactly. I mean? Last thing I would say is, um, uh, we talked about the delegating. It's funny how delegating works in different industries. So, mm-hmm. and so look, thinking from from this perspective, in film. Um, when you and um, one of the guys that I follow on YouTube, because obviously you're always wanting to feed your mind, feed your brain, or, or new information. So he said um, it's important to delegate because you can't do it yourself. But it's funny how you'll grow and eventually you have to pass things on. So yes, as a videographer, okay, you're doing everything. You don't have enough money to hire anybody. So at some point, when you grow in uh, to a point, you're gonna need, let's say, marketing. 
You can mm-hmm. pass it on. You, you, you'll have different hats. After you're done doing all the marketing, you have to do the marketing yourself. You have to pass it on. Somebody's going to do the finances because at, at that point, you can't be, you know what I mean, dealing with all the money and stuff like that. And then at some point, you're going to have to pass that hat on to someone yes. Yes, who's yes. going to do all of the, like, who's going to bring you clients. At some point, you're going to want to bring in all the clients. And I want to be confident that if I pass it on to my guy, They'll mm-hmm. take care of it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Delegation. I need to move on and see if I can get more clients for us and get more business for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's imp- uh, it's, it's crazy how delegation works with every single industry. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. I think, and a couple of our guests have said this, mm-hmm. the reason for, and I say this to you all the time, I'm like, why don't you get somebody else? Why don't you get, like, because you're literally booked and busy, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's trust. I'm dealing with it right now in my business. Like I have, um, I have employees that work for me and it's so much easier sometimes for me to do something than to be like, Hey, do this. Yeah. Right. And I teach some of my clients when, because I have clients that I, I teach their staff how to do X, Y, Z. And some of the things I say to the managers is delegate. It's easy for me to tell you to delegate, but it's hard for me to delegate because it's a trust issue behind it. Yeah. Not trusting that the person is inadequate because that's not it. Cause you wouldn't have brought them on your team. Um, but it's trusting that I know that if I get it done, it's going to be super and I don't have to fix it as opposed to me saying, Hey, um, do this or set up this or call these persons or whatever it is. And it's just like, I know if I do, it's just like easy one, two, three. Um, so I think it's the trust, but you have to, like you said, in your field, whatever delegation looks like, you have to at some point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it is, I think it's so cool that people here and there can kind of touch on certain things. And, for example, um, let's say, let's say understanding how general marketing works. But you can't be the full marketer. You, know, you can't At some point, you're, you hit your yeah. ceiling because it's so much you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think all those kind of things are cool. I think something that we, should, we can touch on for next, because this is a long, this <laughs> 50 minutes. Oh, oh yeah. So time flew. I think another thing um, that is, I've always thought about in terms of um, marketing and just education. Do you think in our generation that, because we, we grew up where, okay. You got to go to school. You got to go to school. You, you think it's, <clears throat> even, okay, obviously certain things, certain to be a lawyer, you got to go to school. To be a yeah. doctor, you got to go to school. But so many, with so much opportunity out there right now, like in and how much debt comes with going to school, mm-hmm. do you think that is still relevant? Yeah. Okay, so part B of this, I'm going to leave for another time, which yeah. is the whole debt and all that stuff. But personally, I think, and I hope my kids don't listen to this one day and be like, <laughs> well, you said. Um, but I don't think school is the end-all be-all, not what it was back in the days, right? I, however, know the importance of getting an education as a black woman, as a black woman in America, um, I know the importance. I, I am not on the same playing field as my counter, a male, number one. I am not on the same playing field as a um, white male. I am not on the same playing field as a white female. I have to... It's like you have to jump a little bit higher. Yeah. You have to like throw the ball a little bit further, yeah. you know? So for me, that's what education is. Education is the suspension of me jumping a little bit higher, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, so what I am with a bachelor's degree is what a white man is in America with just a, a, like a um, AA, like an associate's degree. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is it's unfair, but that's kind of how it's matched up. Uh, someone without education that's white male can be making eighty thousand dollars doing the same thing I'm doing, making forty five fifty. Yeah. So for me, that's why education is important. However, I don't think that if you don't have that form of education, you have to either have a skill, a trade, a skill or a trade, or you have to be self-taught somehow. So maybe going to school for marketing is not your thing or whatever your industry is. Going to school for bank, insert your industry here, uh, may not be for you, but go take courses online. YouTube is a university in itself. Bro. Go on YouTube and find out how to, what to do, whatever it is that you are interested in, how to um, edit photos in 4K, how to, you can find all that stuff on YouTube. You don't have to go to film school. Is film school important? Probably. But if you know the basic concepts and you have a trade and you understand those things, then you're a little, your foot is in the door a little bit because you can have the conversation. The worst thing is you're being in a field and you can't understand the lingo. Because being in management, right, um, my aunt and I talk about this all the time where we talk about people who just kind of get in managerial positions. You don't know the um, you don't know the processes that was taught in college about management. If you just rose from a a McDonald's manager to a Wendy's manager to now it's different. You don't know the, the textbook definition of what some of these things are, how to be with HR. You don't know a lot of those things. So if you're not taking a course to understand those things, then you do need some kind of formal education to teach you those things. So is going to college the way? Maybe not, but you have to be educated somehow, whether it's you have a trade to supplement you not having that education for something or you take courses to kind of lead you to the next step. That's, that's very interesting. The exact, exact uh, example that you use in terms of college, because um, let's say film, the way there's a million, like the way Sony and, and all these Canon have created these amazing cameras, mm-hmm. you don't got to do much anymore. Mm-hmm. You just point and shoot because they've spent, technology has changed so much. My iPhone, I can shoot in 4K. I shot a whole, I shot my whole, carn, my whole Carnival Trinidad experience in 4K in, in, uh, on my iPhone. Looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> amazing. I, I promise you, the, the, the video looks amazing and it looks so clear. But when you implement the school thing, okay, obviously one thing that I'm grateful that I went to college and got my degree in film, mm-hmm. um, the things that they won't teach you, and I think for African-Americans, because what we do now is we're planning, pointing and shooting, we do small little shoots here, but like what puts you on the level of a Michael Bay, mm. the, the, the bigger... They learn story structure. Mm-hmm. They learn... They, they, they analyze older... I, I used to sit in... in on, in, in halls where we would watch Casablanca, we would mm-hmm. we would see the history of filmmaking and understand like silent film, the effectiveness of it, and you fully understand story and you learn how to build a story. Yes, you know how to build a story. They just shoot and go, shoot and go. You, because not, you don't know, you're not formally trained. You're wow, not, you're that's not. good. That's even, good. Even if you look at um, okay, look at a, a timeline. You're not even aware of okay within this timeline traditionally. Okay, at this point, you should be doing this. Where's your climax? Where's your mm-hmm. turning point? Mm-hmm. Maybe you you hit that too early. You know what I mean? Like, you're not looking at these experiences that teach you on a bigger scale, okay? So, like, do you want to win a Golden, Golden Globe? Do you want to win um, an Oscar? 
You know what I mean? Like, how many black people win those kind of things? Yeah, yeah. Not a lot, because we want to point and shoot. We don't want to fully... Un- what is film? What is... Mm-hmm. Who- and it's doing the research. Yes, yes. So even if you don't have that degree in mm-hmm. um, filmmaking or whatever that degree is in, you have to do that research. Yeah. You have to go to the bookstore, buy a book. You have to... And I think Drew in the first episode talked about this, that he used to go to the bookstore and buy books and he sat and taught himself certain things. It's if you're not like trained from like a college or university, mm-hmm. you better go find that information. You, I, and I just had this conversation this week with um, Adrian. Adrian and I were talking and she was just like, Mo, I need to up my game. Like, you know, she's going back to school, but she was like, I'm realizing that in my industry, it's web development there's so many things changing yes. and I'm not changing with that. And I'm just in my, and I'm just like, okay, go do it. Like I'm here to support it. But that's a really great point. That's a really, really great point. Yeah. No. And that's why education for us has been so important because we don't yeah, know a lot of these things. We don't know. Bro, what I'm trying to tell you, like these expensive schools, and I get it, it's tough. That's why one of my goals with my company is at some point, providing big enough scholarships so that people who look like us can afford the NYUs, the UCLA film mm-hmm. schools, whatever like that. Because when you're talking about, like, there's levels, bro. Facts. There, there are levels. You're talking about Nike. You're talking about these But then when you, tell, so when you tell someone you graduated from one of those schools, mm-hmm. like, your stock goes up. It does. Yeah. It does. And then not even that. The the Most of the best, the, the biggest filmmakers and the directors and stuff like that, they went to those schools and they're invested. You know what I mean? So imagine... Being on a set, like you, you do mm-hmm. your own thing. You have your own production company or whatever like that. But like, you, it's nothing like getting coffee for Quentin Tarantino. If I can get, if I can go on set and 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 get coffee for Quentin Tarantino for a big film, I would do that because I'm gonna learn so much. He's gonna know my face. He's gonna yell at me a lot because he's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, that's gonna mean so much. I'm going into those rooms, going to those networking situations. It's not a lot of people who look like us in those kind of arenas. Facts. And Facts. that's why we, we we have our BT awards. But that's why you have to go into the room. Uh, like I said, it's your suspension of jumping higher. It's that's what that is. It, and it's is it sad? Absolutely. Yeah. But it's just how society is. Um, we are trying to change that um, as the generations go on. Um, but I think that's why it's. For now, it's super important for you to get some kind of an education. It doesn't have to be you going to college and spending that money, but you have to you have to educate yourself because yeah. that's one thing they can't take away from you is your education. So. Boom. But this was great, Ray. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Low-key gem. Great facts. It's a whole gem. It's an hour of a gem. <laughs> no, no, seriously. It's at 59. Right <laughs> well, you know what this needs to be named, though? This needs to be named... Um, Perception versus reality behind the lens. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, because the lens could be anything. Facts. Hey, all right. Well, you go go get that um that PDF. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we did that. You see how I did that? <laughs> I, I see what you did, but we're gonna have to record that. Ah, a free PDF is coming your way soon. So if you got to the end of this episode, good for you because this was an entire hour. Um, if you're a business owner, then we have a free PDF coming for you soon. Um, check out our website and follow us on social media. And okay, yeah, go to the YouTube if you're listening to the audio of this. Bye.